You're listening to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. If you're looking for some encouragement, words of hope, and maybe a laugh or two, that's exactly what Richard wants to share with you today. We know life can get pretty busy and complicated, so we're truly grateful you've chosen to take a break and listen to the program. Now, if you're not able to hang out with us for the entire program, you can always pick it back up at our website, richardellistalks.com. In fact, you can find all of Richard's talks right there waiting just for you, richardellistalks.com. So, with today's talk, here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is Kind of Kind. It's not something you want to be said about. You're like, yo, how about so-and-so? Would you say they're a kind person? Yeah, he's kind of kind. That would not be kind, right? So, just to jump in here... I'm not like a huge social media person, but the little stuff that I see and the feedback I get from people who are on a lot is you're just some mean people out there. So let me encourage you to do something. Just because you can think and you have thumbs doesn't mean you should reveal all that instantly, right? Because what you may or not be aware of is that when you, and this goes on before social media and where people get outed, okay? So let's start at the big picture. So a person, let's say you are trying to be a kind person, okay? So where is it easier to pull that off? With strangers. But if I move into your life and you move into my life and we start boiling it down and we ask your spouse, we ask your children, is your mother, is your father, is your child a kind person, you're going to get blown up within milliseconds, right? Because who you really are is going to be, if they're honest, they'll say, well, not really. So why is that? Because a lot of times people think something And then just because they have a brain and they have a mouth connected to that brain, they think, I think, therefore I speak, and it doesn't matter what I say because it's what I think at the moment, and that must be okay. That's one thing with one or two people, but when you put thumbs to it, now it's out there. And you say, well, but that's what I was thinking at the moment, and I'll retract it. There is no retracting any of this. It's permanent record. It's out there forever. And I find it fascinating that people say, well, how in the world is God going to keep up with everything we think and say? We got a cloud down here. I'm sure there's one up there too. (laughs) Every picture, right? All the pictures, terrified. Oh, they're going to go back 50 years and pull pictures of me that I sent to somebody. So we pop off because we think something, we react. You can't just say something just because you felt it in the moment. You've got to think a minute and say, is this really what I need to say? Should I say, is this really, if nothing else, how I want people to see me based on how I reacted to what I just thumbed out here on my device? There's actually an old phrase, old phrase, talking about killing someone with kindness. And we're not interested in that today, so please know that we're not going to try to teach you how to kill anyone with kindness. It's an interesting turn of the phrase. It's not what we're after. There is a way to be so kind, you just back somebody completely down. Mark Twain said, kindness is the language which the deaf can hear and the blind can see. Thought that was very fascinating. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said, consideration. He defined kindness as consideration for others, readiness to help them in any way that we can. So as we go through, and I'll read you some definitions for kindness, please be aware right up front that being kind is not just how you come across to someone. It becomes a verb if it's really kindness. 
Because all of a sudden, the feeling that you have and you're expressing kindness to someone, now all of a sudden that kindness translates into, I am willing to do something about your situation. So I'm willing to follow through because what I'm feeling and what I'm being prompted to extend to you extends to doing something. The simple definition of the word kind of a good and benevolent nature or disposition as a person, a kind and loving person, having showing or proceeding from benevolence, kind words, indulgent, considerate or helpful, humane, often followed by to be kind to animals. And this is what's crazy. I've seen people who are nicer to a dog than they are to their own spouse or children. Oh, look how kind he is with that puppy but then they'll turn around and just take somebody's head off. So let me try to talk to you about what kind of kind you may be. You may be selective kind. I'm gonna be nice to this cat, this dog, this horse, whatever it is, but I choose not to be that kind to people. So that's not Jesus kind, okay? So you can generate a certain kind of kind selectively, but if you're gonna be seamless, and you're gonna be the same person with animals, people, any situation, then God himself is gonna to have to intervene, why? Because that is not really who we are. You say, but I know some really nice people. Nice ain't gonna fix it, because even nice people max out. And I've seen some people who thought, wow, they're really nice, and then you push them, and you push them, and you push them, and they snap, and you're like, it's not nice anymore. And we all have capacity for heinosities, as I call them. The Tyndale Bible Dictionary summarizes kindness as that, quote, state of being that includes the attributes of loving affection, sympathy, friendliness, patience, pleasantness, gentleness, and goodness. Kindness is a quality shown in a way a person speaks and acts. It is more volitional than emotional. Now listen to that more volitional than emotional. You say, well, I just felt something. Love is, for instance, is not always a feeling. Love many times is a choice. You make a decision to love someone. Now some feelings may come or go with that, but you choose it. So kindness, you say, well, I feel like being kind. It's not about that. If you really have a godly kind of kindness in your heart, in your life, it's gonna happen because he's gonna do it whether you're feeling it or not. Some of the words used in the New Testament and the scripture define this as usefulness, that is moral excellence in character or demeanor, gentleness, goodness, kindness. Employed, that is by implication, useful in manner or morals, better, easy, good, gracious, kind. But it's this thing of not just an expressing something to someone, it is expressive in that you follow through and you act on what you're being kind about. Psalm 25, Psalm 25 verse seven. Psalmist here says, do not remember the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to your mercy, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he teaches sinners in the way. And the word here that we can use for kindness is this word goodness, for your goodness sake. Now think about how kind God is to us. It's one thing to be merciful. It's another thing to be kind. Merciful, he just doesn't obliterate us. And I've used this illustration before. No matter how screwed up things got in my house with my kids, now listen close. No matter how disobedient, how terribly wrong things might have gone, I always fed, we always fed our kids. No matter how terrible it could get, they always had clothes. No matter what they said or how it turned out, they had a bed to sleep in. You say, what is that? That's kindness. It's mercy and kindness. 
So you say, well, why does God put up with so much? Because he knows our frame. He knows that we are butt dust, as I describe it. It's all how you put the emphasis and everything, isn't it? He knows that we are butt dust. I'll say it right, just for everybody else. Right? He knows that we have this war going on. See, you don't know everything about me because I'm in the same race. I'm in the same battle. You say, well, you win all the time. No, I don't. I don't win all the time. But what do I do when I lose? Somebody tell me what I do when I lose. Repent, confess it, repent, and get up off my butt and make a run at it again. If it's a fight, if it's a war, okay, maybe you took one. Maybe you got hit. Maybe you went down. Maybe you're in recovery. I know a bunch of soldiers, and the real soldiers, the real soldiers that are eaten up with it can come back from battle with missing limbs and want to get into the VA somewhere and get limbs put on something temporary to get back into battle. You can't stop them. I have one friend who was an army ranger, was over the tomb of the unknown soldier and over the White House detail. He was in our church for a long time and he got deployed. I was there when he got deployed. When he came back alive, I was there when he came back and he signed back up. Poor wife, poor kids. And he went another tour and came back and signed back up. You say, well, who would do that? A soldier. There's a battle. There's a fight. So you say, well, I'm getting hit. Okay, you're in the battle. I don't like getting hit. Then get yourself arrested. How do I do that? You just go AWOL. The enemy will take you just like that. They got nice little prison cells for people like us. You say, well, that sounds good. Yeah, except that you don't live the life that God intended for you. And there's no joy. There's no peace. There's no anything there. Just a few pleasures that you get sick of anyway. Matthew chapter 5. Now, if you're trying to figure out, well, what kind of kind am I? This may help you. Matthew 5, 14. So Jesus speaking says this. You are the light of the world. He does not say, I'm the light of the world. You say, well, how can he say that you are the light of the world? Because if you have him, you have light. And if he's in you, now you become the light. You're the vehicle moving around with the light. So you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, and this is the caveat, okay? So if your light's on, he's in you, and the light's shining, you let your light so shine before men that what happens? They may see your good works, okay? So you say, well, that sounds like it's about me, but here's where it turns. They may see your good works and then what happens? And glorify your father in heaven. That's a different kind of kind. Because if it's just you being kind, oh, she's such a nice person, she's such a kind person, then you end up getting the glory. If it's really him and it's about him and it's your light shining and they see your good works, but he gets the glory, that's the difference. That's a different kind of kind. And that's what you're after. Okay, this is a little bold question. How many women in this room are married to a man that used to not be kind at all or very kind, but God is slowly transforming that man? We'll allow that caveat. Raise your hand if you're a woman that has that. Okay, now she raised her hand. Now that's a weird place for you to be sitting next to a wife who raised her hand. But you know what? She's your proof. Now, I just met that man today. You know what that causes me to want to do in his life? 
that makes me want to help him because his wife says he's teachable. So there's progress. He's on a track. Now, I promise you, I just met him. He's a piece of work. <laughs> you want to raise your hand again? Get your, there you go. I'm not saying all the rough edges are off. See, I'll take a room full of idiots like me any day over a bunch of people who come in and act like they got it all going on and then go out and live like hell. I'll take you every day because we're in the same groove trying to find the same thing. Him. We are not trying to clone people into acting puppets. We're trying to help you realize that you are like a dead person. You are dead in your trespasses and sins. And God comes along and raises you from the dead. How does he do that? He puts his own spirit inside your body. And that body that is dead as dead as dead is raised from the dead. And now you have life living in that body. Amen. And the possibilities are endless. And the life that he is saying you can live, you can live. I had a thought this week, and Patrick can maybe help me with this. No one writes music that I've ever heard of that no one can play. What's the purpose? Oh, I've written such staccato music, there's not anyone in the world who can play it. And what good is that going to do anybody? God has not written any music that can't be played. He has not asked you to do anything that he cannot do and you cannot do with him in you, living through you. You say, I can't live that. He said, I know that, but I can. Amen. And if you will just yield yourself and let me not just live in you, but through you, I'll show you what this looks like. Now, it's a little weird. If you've got a watch on, raise your hand. Take your watch off. If you've got a watch on, take it off. Put it on the other hand. Everybody got the watch on the other arm? You can't even get it on. It's so weird. Okay, right? Now raise that hand with the watch on it. That is the strangest feeling you've ever had in a long time. That is so wrong, it is wrong. This is like, what, you know, what is on my arm, right? Because you're supposed to wear it on the other arm. Now, but if you wore it on here long enough, you go, that feels right. Give it some time. You say, well, Lord, it's this, I don't know how to live your way. He says, okay, I'm being patient, you be patient. Well, I'm frustrated. I get that. I'm here. I'll show you how to do it. I just want to go back to my old ways. Okay, let's go back. See how that works out. But you'll be back. Why did the prodigal son's dad not go look for him? He's going to come home. Ain't nothing out there. There's nobody can beat the father. There's nothing and nobody out there going to beat the father. Right? Okay, you can move your watches back because it's making me insane. So... 1 Corinthians chapter 13, when it describes love, what does it say right off the bat? Verse 4, love suffers long and is kind. Now here's where you get in trouble. I look at my sweet wife and I tell her that I love her and then I'm not kind. Something's wrong. Those words, you can't use the L word and it not reflect these other words. So if you're going to call it love, then it's going to be kind. Romans chapter 2. Verse 1, therefore you are inexcusable, a man, whoever you are, who judge, for in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself, for you who judge practice the same things. But we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. And do you think this, O man, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, or it can be translated his kindness, same word, forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. 
So part of God being kind to us is to motivate us to do what? To repent. And what does it mean to repent? To change your mind. And you look at the situation, you look at your life and say, I have said that this way is going to be better for me. And the Holy Spirit's telling me this is not going to be better for me, that God's way is going to be better. So I repent. I change my mind. I'm going to say no to my way and say yes to God's way. And now all of a sudden your whole life changes because you have changed your mind and then your life follows suit. And it is his goodness, forbearance, long-suffering, the goodness, this kindness of God leads us to repentance. So you do something stupid again. And the Holy Spirit says, okay, so let's talk about this. Like, what, what are we doing? This doesn't work. You don't feel better. And is this what you intend to keep doing the rest of your life? No. And so you're about to confess this to me, and then we're going to make another run at it. Let's just don't go there anymore. Okay, 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 okay. Right? Okay, you're right. I don't want to do this again. And then the hamster gets back in the wheel, starts running, end up nowhere. And God goes, okay, what are we doing? And tied to that, he says, now, I'm being kind, I'm being patient, I'm extending all this stuff to you, but it seems that the consequences are not enough. So we're going to turn it up just a little bit, because that's part of my kindness, because I don't want you to waste your life, because your life is my life, so I'm going to turn the consequences up. So do we want to do this? Yeah, I still want to do it. Okay. Okay. You know, turn the deal again. And then what do we finally do? Sooner or later, the consequences are high enough where we go, okay, I'm out. Time out. I'm done. A wise person looks through all of that and says, well, I don't need to go through all that to make a decision. I repent. An unwise person says, oh, I think I, you know, they're trying to hide something from me. All right, let's do Galatians chapter 5. Now, if you'll notice, for a while now, I keep ending up back in Galatians chapter 5. And now we're going to read verse 16. And this is Paul writing this church of Galatia. And he says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So how do you walk in the spirit? If there's sin in your life, you confess it. If you're rebellious, you confess it. If you say, Lord, I want my way no matter what, but I know that's never going to work for me. So I choose. I'm asking you to help me. I yield. So I'm going to let you drive. I'll do whatever you want to do. I'm done. So you begin to walk in the spirit. And what happens? Now you can't walk in the spirit and fulfill the lust of the flesh. There's the list. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. So all of a sudden that stops. When you submit to the spirit of God, that war ceases because you're submitted. I've used Alex before as an example, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu fighter. I've seen Alex pin somebody, right? And do you know what they finally do when they realize they can't win? They yield. They tap out. They do something to say, I'm done. So the Holy Spirit gets you kind of in a headlock in a kind way. And you still, you fight, 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 fight. And finally you go, okay, I'm out. It's interesting how there's no fight when there's no fight. Now think about it. The fight ends when the fighting ends. So when you stop fighting God, fight's over. Now you just do what he wants you to do. You don't want to take him on, I can tell you that. You don't win. So keep reading. The works of the flesh. So if you're wondering, well, how do I know what the opposite of all this is? The works of the flesh are evident. It's obvious, which are adultery, fornication. So sex, you're married having sex outside of marriage. Fornication, you're not married having sex. 
uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I have told you in the past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is not where you get the kingdom of God. But the contrast, but the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness. So when the Spirit of God is manifest, you're walking in the Spirit, this tree yields this fruit, but the fruit contains all these things. Now, this is what is so cool. And if you figure this out, you say, well, I'm going to work on love. You can't work on love. Oh, I'm gonna, I need to work on the joy in my life. Work on Jesus and you get all this. Okay? When you walk in the Spirit, this fruit just materializes in your life. You're like, wow, this is not me. Exactly. It's him. Because the works of the flesh, you have to do something to generate that. But what does a fruit tree do to bear fruit? It just gets hooked up to the roots. Boom. Just stands there making fruit almost effortlessly. So you yield your life and say, God, bear fruit on the branches of my life. And all of a sudden, people are like, dude, what happened to you? You used to be the meanest, impatient, blah, 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 whatever list they could spell off. Like, where'd you go? It's like it's a new person. That's what they should be saying. And then it makes it a whole lot easier to share the gospel because they go, I want some of that. My wife wants me to be some of that. You can't imagine through the years how many women I've had walk up to me and say, I can't do this anymore. And I'm sure it goes both ways. I can't take it anymore because he's one way here with you and around these people. But in our house, he's mean. He's rude. The language he uses, dropping F-bombs and calling you the B word, you know. Let me tell you something, folks. That ain't the deal. Now, I understand you can be a Christian and live like hell. That is not the deal. I don't know why all these kids grow raised in church. They don't want to go back to church. And we're shocked. They don't want to play our game. If I'm going to live like hell, I'm just going to be sincere about it. I'm not going to tack Jesus onto it. That's why God prefers hot and cold, not lukewarm. Lukewarm is in the middle somewhere. Yuck. Spit you out of his mouth. That's what he says. Now, if you want to be cold, be cold, but don't be lukewarm. Be hot or cold. So I have respect when I hear that someone has bolted and just walked away. Prodigal son-esque, they're just gone. I have respect for that because they're not going to stay around and act like everything's okay when it's not. They say, I'm out of here. They're out of here. But I know something about that person. That's never going to work out. And sooner or later, they're going to walk back in the door and go, I'm back. And I'm going to go, I've been waiting for you to come back. Let's pick up where you left off. Because now I know you're here. Because you're hot or cold, you're not lukewarm. So the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there's no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. We'll get back to Richard in a moment to close out today's talk. But first, I want to share something about our program. Our mission is actually very simple, to take the planet. So it's our prayer that these daily talks from Richard aren't something you only hear and enjoy, but that they inspire you to share with others. Together, we can do this. The message of the gospel is something everyone needs to hear, and that's why it's such a priority to us. So join us in this important mission. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD to say you're in. Or you can get on board with us through our website, richardellistalks.com. Well, here's Richard with some closing thoughts for us. 
So what kind of kind are you? The best kind of kind is the Jesus kind. And if you go looking in scripture, it's amazing to watch him in this context. A woman caught by the religious leaders in the very act of adultery, doing it with some man. They're watching her do it. There's no question she's doing it. And they drag her in front of Jesus. And what is Jesus? He is kind. The scripture says to stone her. He says, okay, let's stone her. Whoever's without sin, you throw the first stone. And he's the only one in the group that could do it. And they all walk away. And here's this maybe scantily clad, embarrassed, ashamed. You know, her life's not going well or she's not having an affair. And he's kind to her. You change the world that kind of kind. Because we're surrounded with those people. And as it turns out, we are those people. You say, well, I'm not committing adultery. Oh, you want to take inventory on how many people you've done in your head? Let's go where Jesus goes. If you even think the thought, I don't think anybody wants to go through that inventory. Or how many people we've flipped off or called names. You say, well, I'm not saying it. It's your heart. But what if your like, whole heart could change? Your whole mind change? Your whole life could change? Now you're like a magnet of some kind. And people say, I don't know what you got, but what I got ain't working like that. I want some of that. I want that kind. Thanks for tuning in today to Richard Ellis Talks. With the busy schedule everyone has these days, it means the world to us that you would take this time to listen. Let us know how it has touched your heart by calling us at 855-6-RICHARD. You can also connect with us at our website, richardellistalks.com. One last thing, Richard Ellis Talks is a daily program, but also has daily costs. And being a listener-supported program means we rely on the financial partnership of our listeners, which means you. Maybe you've given to this ministry before or have waited for the right time. Well, we believe that these talks with Richard are making a difference in your life. So this is how you can make a difference to ours. You can contribute by giving us a call at 855-6-RICHARD or at our website, richardellistalks.com. Thank you for your very generous gifts. It truly means so much to us. God bless and thanks for listening to Richard Ellis Talks.